Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent, where our mission is to inspire love, seek justice, and grow in community. This is a place where you can bring your whole self, your, whole, your full identity, your questioning mind, your expansive heart. As Unitarian Universalists, we light a flame within a chalice. It's a symbol of sanctuary and safety. It unites us in this time together. It's a sign of life's beauty and wonder, and it reminds us of the ongoing search for the light of truth within us and among us. And I invite Evian to light our chalice. We are moving in wider circles. We are opening our circle. We are moving in wider circles. We are opening our circle. We are opening our circle. Oh, be a compass. I'll be your lighthouse. Speak your words with triumph, and I will watch your mouth. I'll march with you, my sister, to your place of fearing. Dive into those waters, swim into the clearing. We are moving in wider circles. We are opening our circles. We are moving in wider circles. We are opening our circles. We are opening our circles. Sing along. We are opening our circles. We are moving in wider circles. We are opening our circles. We are opening our circles. We'll always keep our heads up. We'll always sing along. We'll walk the path of kindness.
Christian de la Huerta writes, we must shine. We must shine now. This is the goal toward which we stretch step by step in our own time at our own pace. As our beauty unfolds and our hearts open, we become gentler and more compassionate, yet brighter, more empowered, and fearless. We have been holding on, holding back, playing small, hiding our light under a bushel. Enough of that. It is time to let go. We are needed now, all of us, all of us together, all those who feel a calling to be who we are to the fullest, make a difference, and give it all we got. At our denomination's annual gathering this past summer, the Unitarian Universalists were challenged to shine. We were challenged to work together to turn the world toward greater justice. How can our faith equip us for the challenges that lie ahead as we work to mend the part of the world that is within our reach? How can we work together so that our small individual efforts help to bring about the changes we wish for in the world? What does our faith require of us? This service is an invitation to explore these questions. Come as we consider the power, possibility, and joy to be had as we work together to create a path toward greater justice and love in this world. As we journey toward the future we are creating, the question is, who shall we be together? We answer that question each week with the words of our congregational covenant. Would you join me now in remaking these promises to one another? The words are in your order of service. We affirm that each life has brilliance, and when joined with others in joyful community, has the power to transform. We pledge ourselves and our resources to this journey. This covenant inspires and challenges us to dwell together in right relationship. We promise to extend hospitality, nurture community for all ages, encourage spiritual growth, honor diversity, and practice kindness. May we make it so together. I have a story to share with you this morning about a starfish. It was a beautiful late summer morning and the sun was just beginning to rise. The breeze was warm and the man woke up one and decided it was time to take a nice long walk on the beach. What a way to start the day. As he walked along, he saw that along, the mor- along with the morning tide came hundreds and hundreds of starfish. They were left behind when the tide receded and with the morning rays shining down, they would surely die if left alone. So the man walked up to a starfish, gently picked him up, tossed him back in the water, walked another step, picked up a starfish, tossed him in the water. He did this on and on, one at a time, 
and a stranger came jogging by. And the stranger watched the man for a little while and he said, excuse me, what are you doing? There are hundreds of starfish on this beach. You can't possibly save them all. What difference are you making? The man didn't immediately say anything. He just picked up a starfish and tossed it back into the water. He picked up another starfish and he turned to the stranger and he said, it makes a difference to this one. And he tossed it back into the water. The stranger thought about that for a little while and a a warmness came into his heart. And he joined the man. Do you mind if I join you? He said, well, yes, of course. Go right ahead. And the two of them walked along the beach, picking up starfish, tossing them back into the water together. After some time, a young person came along with their pup, walking their pup on the beach, and watched the two men picking up starfish and said, excuse me, what are you doing? You can't possibly save all of these starfish. What difference are you making? And what do you think that they said to her? It makes a difference to this one. And they tossed the starfish back into the ocean. And soon the young person joined them. And a few minutes later, a family strolling on the beach saw what was happening. And they didn't have to ask. They could see that these people were making a difference. And so they joined. And another jogger came along and they joined. And after a short period of time, a whole group of people were tossing starfish back into the ocean until there were none left to throw back. And I tell you this story because sometimes the job feels so big, right? And we think, ah, what difference can I make, right, Raylan? Have you ever felt that way? What if I just pick up this one starfish? Am I really making a difference? And the story tells us that, yes, you are. Because when you make a difference by picking up one starfish, someone else might come along and pick up a starfish. And another, and another, and another. So my question for the kiddos or the young people in the room today is, what are some of the ways you make a difference? Some small, small way you make a difference. And maybe even the grown-ups can answer. Just shout it out. Small things you do. Letting spiders and mice out of your house instead of killing them. A kind word to a friend. Picking up trash. Recycling. Sitting with someone who's lonely. Maybe sitting with the kid at the lunch table that doesn't have a lot of friends. Any other ways? Buying fair trade coffee. Buying fair trade coffee. And chocolate. Purposefully choosing less waste when you buy things like wrappers and things like that. Yeah. 
So no matter what tiny, small differences we are making, keep doing those things. Because people see you do them and you spread that out into the world and perhaps we can all save all of the starfish eventually. Knowing you are held in tenderness and care by each other and by life itself. Take some time now to meditate or to reflect, to pray, to listen to the still small voice within, discern how the spirit of life calls you to pick up that starfish and throw it in the ocean or just breathe and be. Let's enter a time of silence. Spirit that is life and love, God of our hearts and individual understanding, you in which we share and find strength and common purpose, we turn our minds and hearts toward one another as we hold in this circle of care and concern all who need our love and support. Those we've named in this time of remembrance, those who are in our hearts and thoughts, all who are ill, who are in pain, either in body or spirit, those who struggle with addiction, those who are lonely, those who are grieving, those who experience violence of any kind, we pray for them. We pray for ourselves too, that we would be grateful for the blessings we receive each and every day that we would use our blessings with joy, generosity, and kindness. Help us to live fully this life we've been given, to treat each and every moment as a rare and precious treasure, to worship what is of true worth, to practice radical hospitality, welcoming the stranger, to speak of the truth as we know it, and to join in the struggle for justice and peace in the world. Help us to feel the heartbeat of life itself, to find wonder and awe in both the struggle and the beauty of life, to remember we are connected in mystery and miracle to one another and all of creation, to care for this fragile planet and work for the well-being of every creature, to affirm life and to walk upon this earth in gentleness and reverence. May it be so. And amen. Open the window, let the dove fly. Open 
borders round countries, borders round the sky. Open the window, let the dove fly. The only border closes the border round your mind. Open the window, let the dove Designer Buckminster Fuller is often cited for his use of trim tabs as a metaphor for leadership and personal empowerment. In the February 1972 issue of Playboy, Fuller said, Something hit me very hard once, thinking about one, what one little man could do. Think of the Queen Elizabeth again. The whole ship goes by, and then comes the rudder. And there's a tiny thing on the edge of the rudder called a trim tab. It's a miniature rudder. Just moving that little trim tab builds a low pressure that pulls the rudder around. It takes almost no effort at all. So I said that the individual can be a trim tab. Society thinks it's going right by you and that it's left you all together. But if you're doing dynamic things mentally, the fact is that you can just put your foot out like that and the whole ship of state is going to turn around. So I said, call me trim tab. Our second reading. My friends, do not lose heart. We were made for these times. I grew up on the Great Lakes and recognize a seaworthy vessel when I see one. Regarding awakened souls, there have never been more able vessels in the water than there are right now across the globe. And they are fully provisioned and able to signal one another as never before in the history of humankind. 
Look out over the prow. There are millions of boats of righteous souls on the waters with you. Even though your veneers may shiver from every wave in this stormy royal, I assure you that the long timbers composing your prow and rudder come from a greater forest. That long grain lumber is known to withstand storms, to hold together, to hold its own, and to advance regardless. Ours is not the task of fixing the entire world all at once, but of stretching out to men the part of the world that is within our reach. Any small, calm thing that one soul can do to help another soul to assist some portion of this poor, suffering world will help immensely. We know that it does not take everyone on earth to bring justice and peace, but only a small, determined group who will not give up during the first, second, or hundredth gale. One of the most calming and powerful actions you can do to intervene in a stormy world is to stand up and show your soul. Soul on deck shines like gold in dark times. The light of the soul throws sparks, can send up flares, builds signal fires, causes proper matters to catch fire. In that spirit, I hope you will write this on your wall. When a great ship is in harbor and moored, it is safe, there can be no doubt. But that is not what great ships are built for. We seem to have opposing themes of water and fire this morning. There's a story of an Episcopal priest who was praying, you know, spirit ignite the fire within our hearts. And then in a mixed metaphor, he said, Lord, water that spark. (laughs) I've been a Unitarian Universalist for 23 years and a minister and a preacher for nine years now. I was reflecting the other day on how my faith has evolved and gone through several phases, and perhaps yours has too. The first phase when I discovered Unitarian Universalism was a smug self-righteousness. Aha, this is it, the perfect faith. We have all the answers to life's questions. (laughs) The shadow side of that was that I liked to bash other religions, especially Christianity. As I gained some humility, usually after being called out for that bashing, I moved into a second phase. It was one of boundless optimism, much like our Unitarian ancestors who believed that human perfection was possible. Their motto was the progress of mankind onward and upward forever. Most of my ministry so far has been grounded in this unrealistic hope with its vision of the beloved community that was within our grasp If we only, and we, when we. After this year's ministry days, the annual gathering of UU ministers, and General Assembly, the yearly meeting of our Unitarian Universalist Association, which was in Spokane, Washington, I realized a yearning, a yearning for a new phase, a ministry of more authenticity, vulnerability, a strong commitment to dismantling white supremacy and humility. I've not thrown hope out. 
but it's less idealistic and much more grounded in a realism informed by what we can do together, inspired by this year's GA theme, The Power of We. Each GA, General Assembly, is unique. There's always controversy of some kind. And this year's GA I would best describe as experimental. There was the usual worship, the learning, the singing, reflecting, the celebrating, and conducting the association's business. But business meetings were considerably shorter in order to provide opportunities for small group reflection, practicing the work of deeper relationship, and recommitting ourselves to dismantling the culture of white supremacy present in our association. We did much of the usual business by voting on a consent agenda rather than the usual lengthy process of addressing individual items. One item we did address directly was a change in ministerial status. The GA voted to rename final fellowship as full fellowship. This acknowledges that professional ministry should be a learning vocation rather than a learned one. The shift comes with the requirement that ministers do a minimum of 20 continuing education requirements every year. The GA also approved a statement of conscience titled Democracy Uncorrupted, which includes these words. As people of faith committed to the right of conscience and the use of the democratic process within our congregations and in society at large, this is our fifth principle, we must strive toward uncorrupted democracy. As a means to an end, democracy organizes decision-making among diverse people and preserves stability while balancing competing interests. But democracy is not merely a means. It is an end in itself, an ethical idea, a moral and spiritual way of relating to one another. GA always offers plenty of opportunities to learn and grow into Unitarian Universalism more deeply. I attended a workshop presented by Reverend Nancy McDonald Ladd where she talked about her book, After the Good News. Her observation that our liberal faith is at a crossroads really resonated with me. She took ministers to task telling us that our lofty sermons about progress onward and upward forever must give way to ministry that acknowledges suffering and our failures as individuals in a religion, an understanding of our limitations that invites humility, and an invitation into relationships that are vulnerable and accountable. I'd been feeling this way for a while and couldn't quite put it to words, but she managed to put my spiritual restlessness into words and ideas that will shape this next phase of my ministry. I attended other workshops on transformational worship, white fragility and congregational life, and the two breakout sessions for small group work where we answered these six questions. When is a time that you felt the power of we in Unitarian Universalism? What is so important in Unitarian Universalism that you would be willing to sacrifice for it? What will it take for Unitarian Universalism to fully embody the power of we? What sustains you and your faith community in efforts toward inclusion, equity, and diversity? What limits you from living out our faith's promise toward liberation and transformation? 
what should we expect of ourselves and one another in living out our covenantal relationships. After exploring the power of we during GA, the concluding celebration on Saturday evening gave us a charge to bring back to you. We are called to be kind to one another, to seek justice, truth, and peace, to respect others' ideas, to be responsible stewards of the earth, to live together in covenanted communities that operate in ways that are fair and equitable to all. The power of we is interwoven in all our aspirational principles. Like so many aspirational things, our principles call on us to actively engage in the challenging work of learning, growth, and humility. That is our charge. That is our path. That is our future. A future, a path that is only possible if we are willing to change as individuals, as congregations, and as an association to meet the needs of our changing world. In a speech at the 2013 General Assembly in Louisville, then UUA moderator Jenny Corder said, whoever said, if the world never changed, we'd still have pterodactyls, was right. And that makes me love that sign, this is a Velociraptor-free workplace. It has been 12 million years since the last Velociraptor incident. Jenny goes on to say, if we do not change, we too will become the stuff of horrific reptile ancestry. We too will become the dinosaurs that folks ask, where did they go? What did they do? This is a difficult time in human history where greed, a culture of white supremacy and cruelty seem overwhelming and beyond our capacity to change. It is tempting to give up because we don't think we have the power or the money or the following on Twitter or a bully pulpit. Incidentally, bully used to mean excellent or first-rate instead of harming or intimidating. As skeptical and worried as I am at moments about the future of our faith, I do believe that the world needs Unitarian Universalism. I don't want us to become a footnote in American history. While we will probably never achieve Thomas Jefferson's vision that every American would be a Unitarian, don't we wish, <laughs> we still have power to bring about meaningful change in the world. In the second reading, Clarissa Pinkola Estes says, my friends, do not lose heart. We were made for these times. Any one of us or any group of us making the right shift in the right place at the right time can alter the course of our society even if it's just a small change in direction. And I believe that. We can be a trim tab, a concept I heard about for the first time during the Saturday closing celebration at GA. In an article in the Huff Post, Val John Harris tells the story of this trim tab, which was invented by Buckminster Fuller, who everyone called Bucky. Ferris says, the Navy commissioned Bucky to solve a critical engineering problem at the height of World War II. As the war raged in the high seas, ever larger battleships were needed to seize the advantage. As these ships grew in size, their steering mechanisms required more power to turn their rudders than their engines could produce. Bucky's revolutionary invention was the trim tab, a small strip of metal attached by hinges to the trailing edges of a ship's rudder. 
As an engine's hydraulics force the trim tab into the path of oncoming water, the pressure generated against it assists the rudder in making a turn. Bucky also saw the trim tab as a new paradigm for human potential. As you heard in the reading, he liked to refer to himself as a trim tab, believing that a single person has the power to change the course of humanity. What about you and me? Do we have the courage to be trim tabs to do our small part? Lest we lose heart as we see the enormous task before us, Clarissa Estes reminds us that we don't have to do it all. She says, ours is not the task of fixing the entire world at once, but of stretching out to mend the part of the world that was was within our reach. Any small, calm thing one soul can do to help another soul to assist some portion of this poor, suffering world will help immensely. She also reminds us there are others out there who will join us in this work. During GA, we learned the song, We Shall Be Known, by Carisha Longacre, and it has these lyrics. We shall be known by the company we keep, by the ones who circle round to tend these fires. We shall be known by the ones who sow and reap the seeds of change alive from deep within the earth. It is time now. It is time now that we thrive. It is time we lead ourselves into the well. It is time now, and what a time to be alive. In this great turning, we shall learn to lead in love. It is time. It is time for us to learn to lead in love, a love that calls us to do the hard, messy work of understanding and working to end white supremacy in our world, a love that calls us to practice and live our principles and values with intentionality and true commitment. A love that invites us into humility and in vulnerability, into deeper relationship with one another. A love that asks us to continue to care for one another, one of our great strengths as a congregation, but to also ask, who is our neighbor and to discover the things we can do to help them, the neighbors right outside these doors. A love that asks us to be trim tabs who are out there protesting and marching, singing and praying, taking actions that protect the inherent worth and dignity of every person, regardless of their skin color or citizenship status, engaging in the political process, bearing witness to destruction and injustice, trusting that we will be able to turn the ship of our society even a tiny bit toward justice and peace. May we be known as those who tend the fires, who sow and reap the seeds of change. May we learn to lead in love. It is time now. This is a paraphrase of Carisha Longacre's lyrics. May we be known by the company we keep, by the ones who circle round to tend these fires. May we be known as the ones who sow and reap the seeds of change alive from deep within the earth. It is time now. It is time that we thrive. It is time we lead ourselves into the well. It is time now, and what a time to be alive in this great turning. Let us learn to lead in love. And now trusting that it is indeed time for us to thrive and that we will learn to lead in love. Let us go forth in hope and in joy to continuing inspiring love, seeking justice, and growing in community. May it be so.
Blessed be. And amen.